Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I hope it's really helping you grow in the Lord. But I just wanted to take a second just to talk about this great tool that I've been using to bring the Word of God to people. Anchor is a tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and a lot more. So it's really been helping me reach people that I can't go to their house and actually teach them a Bible study. So it's everything you need in the podcast in one place. The best of all, Anchor, and it's totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan. Yeah, and I'm excited for everyone who decided to have a Bible study with me today. Amen. All right, well, we're talking about spiritual gifts today. I'm excited about it. God's been dumping a lot of spiritual gifts on this group and on our church lately. So we're going we're gonna to go through the Bible and read a little bit about it. The definition for spiritual gifts, I should read where this is from. I think it's Tyndale, not positive. But spiritual gifts are ministries ministries or abilities that the Holy Spirit gives to Christians for the edification of the church. So it's ministries and it's abilities that are different gifts that are handed out. When somebody has the gift of teaching, it wasn't just me that decided to teach, but it was a gift from the Holy Ghost. So these are other forms, and we're going to break them all down as we continue. The Christian concept of spiritual gifts, as the Apostle Paul has in his primary source, is the phenomenon appearance of the work of the Holy Spirit in the early church, and even prior to the life and the work of Jesus Christ. So the gifts all come from receiving the Holy Spirit. So let's turn to John chapter 14, verses 15 through 29. And we're going to read about Jesus actually prophesying about the coming Holy Ghost and about what the Holy Ghost was going to do in our lives as believers. Now this starts off on something 15 through 29. This starts off with something that the pastor in his Bible studies on salvation for all, he has been hammering on this scripture. So it's good that we started off with this. It says, it starts off, if you love me, obey my commandments. That's number one. If we, if we know God and we obey his commandments, we have to believe and we have to do. There are certain things that we as believers have to partner with Christ and do action on our behalf so that we work together. And you know, this this is such a cool concept because me and Trav were just talking about this earlier this morning. How it's God who takes sin out of our life and we can't live by the law, but at the same time, if we don't do something, then we will find ourselves living in sin. So it's really cool how, of course, everything comes from God and God has the power of all of this, but God has made it a point to have a partnership with mankind. 
So he does not want, <laughs> thank you. He doesn't want, he doesn't want to just do everything for us. If that were the case, we'd be right back to before God created man. Because before God created man, he ran the whole universe. He ran everything and it was all him and he was all by himself. And then God did not want it that way no more. So he created beings that he could partner with. So he gave man dominion over earth and he made it a partnership with us. So it's not our job to stop sinning, but it does require us to do something in these actions to get where we want to be in God. So it's not all on Jesus. It's not all on us. But it's all through him that we find salvation. Again, it's like God creates the situation, but we have to put ourselves in that situation. So even though the situation's there, salvation requires actions from us. We have to have faith. We have to believe. We have to do certain things. So, it, so here, Christ was starting it all off with, if you love me, you're going to have to do some things. You can't just love me and it just be enough. We, we have to show our love. Our, our love should have fruit. Things should grow out of what we feel and think about God. So he says, if you love me, obey my commands. So that's number one. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. So we believe in Christ and we get baptized. But to receive the Holy Ghost requires something here that Christ is telling us. He's saying, you have to believe, you have to get baptized, you have to obey my commandments. We get baptized because it's a commandment from God. God commanded us to get baptized. God commanded us not to eat the fruit in the beginning. God has commandments in our life that we have to follow if we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and walking in the Holy Spirit. We cannot, we cannot deny Christ and at the same time walk freely in the Spirit. Christ and the Spirit are one. And we're going to see that as he goes on here. But he says, I'm going to send you another advocate who will never leave you. Saul, did you hear what I just said? Yes, what's he talking about? What's the advocate? Okay, that's the Holy Spirit. He's the advocate because he's, he's standing in Jesus Christ's behalf. That's why he's called the advocate. But he says here that the advocate will never leave you. We just had this talk the other night, didn't we? He was talking about how he spoke in tongues not too long ago. And he goes, but did, did it leave me now? It's gone now. And I was like, Saul, it never leaves you. That's the one thing about right here in this scripture. Jesus promises us it will never leave you. There's been times in my life where I wasn't living for God, but the Holy Ghost never left me. Think about Jesus wrapped himself in flesh and came down to this world full of sin. So he does not have a problem being inside of us even though we have sin in our lives. He Actually, the reason why he moved in was to clean it up. So I'm not saying now you can just live in sin however you want. That's not what I'm saying here. But the whole point of being filled with the Holy Ghost is to clean you up. Christ talked about that. So he is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all 
truth. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us into truth. I love that we have a lot of different translations. Brandon's got an amazing new Bible. You should hold that up. Let everybody see that. I want one. I'm jealous. But look at that. I love the blue on it. It's just, yeah, it's an NLT study Bible. Yeah, and I was I mean, we were checking it out. It's got a lot of amazing things in it. But we're we're NLV, NLT, New Living Translation. Like we we we've got all these different interpretations of the Bible, but guess what? More importantly, we have the interpreter living inside of us. People get all caught up on different translations and certain words that they get hung up on. Well, this translation says this word, so well, guess what? It was all written in Hebrew and Greek. None of us speak Hebrew and Greek anyways. So we're all getting hand-me-down information. However, all of that was inspired by the Holy Ghost. So he's reading a book back there, Percy Jackson. Now, if we wanted to know what that person was really talking about when he made a certain quote in that book, you would have to contact the writer of that book and say, now what did you mean when you, when you made this, why is this character this way? Why, is, why did you make this personality this way? Why, are these, why does the book end this way? What happens after the book? These are questions that we could ask the author of that book. But we have the author of this book living inside of us. So we need to be able to take faith in that. We need to let the Holy Ghost reveal things to us when we're reading his word. Because above all, he's going to lead us into all truth. I've heard, I've heard things right away because I like, I, I like reading different religious books. However... In a world full of false religions, you've got to really be careful what you're reading. So there's books that I've read that I, I instantly love. I, I started one last week called uh, The Cost of Discipleship by Diedrich Bonhoeffer. I love, I love his name. I've, I've been saying it all like last two weeks. Diedrich Bonhoeffer. But uh, <laughs> the book is... A, yes, sir, Diedrich Bonhoeffer. <laughs> but his... Uh, his book is incredible. The cost of discipleship is literally, God needed me to read that at this point in my life. It's really been inspiring. Now, that book, as soon as I started reading it, my Holy Ghost is doing backflips inside of me. It's like, whoa, pay attention. Listen to this. Listen to this. Now, there are other books that I've read, and within 10 pages, my Holy Ghost is like, you better stop reading that garbage. <laughs> and I've got to stop and put the book away because... It's not handing me truth. It was handing me false doctrine. And my Holy Ghost showed me right away. It brought back things to my memory that Christ has taught us, that our Bible tells us is true. And I can rely on that and know that this is not, the Bible says check the spirits and tell if they're of God. That's how, is because we have an advocate inside of us. We have the personality of Jesus Christ living inside of us who's able to tell us, hey guys, this isn't good. This is good. Let's enjoy this. Let's not enjoy that. Let's stay away from that. Let's speak truth into this so we can actually fix those situations. But it's all coming from the advocate who lives inside of us. It says the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. How many of you guys know that's the only people who can't receive the Holy Ghost? 
The only people who can't receive the Holy Ghost are the people who are not looking for it and don't recognize it. The promise wasn't to everyone in all the world, but this is a portion of the world that's not looking for it, it's not going to recognize it, so it has no interest in it. But you know him because he lives with you now and will later be in you. So here's Jesus Christ telling you, boys, listen up. Here's Jesus Christ telling you that him and the Holy Spirit are the same. He says that you will know the Holy Spirit because he lives with you now. So Jesus is talking about himself. He's saying, I live with you now, so you know what the Holy Spirit's going to be like because later I will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. We're not going to be abandoned as orphans. How many of you guys know, how many of you guys have had your kids be a little wild? We got it. We got it on recording right here. I got you guys all right here. I can prove this. But how many of you guys know that just because you're being bad, I'm not going to kick you out of my family and make you go be an orphan? You know why? Because I loved you first. I loved you when you were a little bitty baby. You didn't do anything good. You didn't do anything bad. You pooped in your pants. You, yelled, you cried and yelled at me all day long. You never told me you loved me. You never did anything right for me. But I chose to love you and, and treat you like my own child. And God has made the same exact choice for humanity. He has chosen to love us while we were still sinners, while we were still pooping our pants and not paying attention and not listening and not telling him we love him and not talking back to him and not in this partnership. But he decided to love me. Now, I'm never going to kick my kids out. But however, as my kids get older, I'm going to expect them to stop pooping in their pants. I'm going to expect them to partner with me so that we can build a good life together hallelujah now that's exactly what jesus is calling us to that's why he fills us with the holy spirit that's why he wants us to have this in our life is because he wants a partnership with us he doesn't like think all right think about it this way i'll go right back to the garden again adam and eve are in the garden God creates Adam and Eve. They're perfect. Everything's good. This is before they fell. God took every single animal in the garden and brought it before Adam and had Adam no, name all the animals. Now, do we think God's not smart enough to come up with names for the animals? God could, God could have been, and how many, you know, when, no, when, when Adam was like, you know what, I'm going to call this one a zebra. God could have been like, Adam zebra <laughs> like couldn't you come up with a better name than that like but that wasn't the point of it god's all wisdom all knowledge all smart when he created these animals he had an idea what they could have been called what they should have been called but he didn't want to name them he wanted to work with adam so he partnered with adam and said adam what do you want to call this animal? You want to call it a gecko? You want to call this one a dog? You want to call this one a cat? That's awesome. That's what we're going to call it from now on. It's a partnership that he works with us. That's why it, we, can't, we don't want to just be one saved, always saved. Can God save us without us doing anything? Yes. 
Is that his plan and is that his design? No. His plan and his design was a partnership, a, a marriage, a joining, a union. That's why he comes in and lives inside of us instead of standing over us, beating us with the whip, telling us what to do. He didn't want that. He wanted to join with our spirit and become one so we can work together in a partnership. That's what marriage is a representation of on this earth. Marriage is a representation of our relationship with God. That's why the church is called the bride and he's called the groom. It's because it shows us this working partnership in our relationship with God. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will still see me. So we, we live in a day today where the world doesn't see Jesus walking around no more. But we still see him. Have you guys ever seen the movie Risen? We Yes, yeah, so we just watched it. I wasn't asking you. Every, the movie Risen, it just came out, it came out a few years ago. It's not an actual biblical-based movie, but it's about, from a Roman officer's point of view, after the Risen Savior. It's all, it's all in the timeline of Jesus. I put it off and I didn't watch it for a while. I don't really get into religious movies because they're always twisted in a way. But there's good in everything, and we can we can find God in it. So we were, we, were, we decided to watch it the other day. And in this movie, it was incredible because it's all from this Roman soldier's point of view who's looking at the world totally physically. So he's trying to figure out where this Jesus Christ is, where they put his body, where, they, where his... Yeah, they think he stole his body. They're having all these, so he's having like court cases and he's pulling in these believers and the movie's hilarious because all these believers are saying things to this officer that people in the world today still find crazy that Christians say. And now we've been in, we've been in a society where Christianity has been around for so long, we don't really view it as being so crazy. When someone says, oh, I had God speak to me this morning, we don't go, now did you really hear a voice from God? We take it because we're, we've grown in this Christian nation. So we understand that there is a God, there is Christianity. We understand Jesus. Even if we don't have a full understanding of him, we do understand. And these Roman officers, they didn't get it at this point. <laughs> this is like year one after Jesus' death. So he's talking to these, these believers, and he's like, where is, the, where is this Jesus? And they're like, he's in us. He's in us, and he's everywhere. What are you talking about? His believers are everywhere. And it's, it was so powerful in that movie because it's like it shows you that the world really doesn't get it. And that's what Jesus is talking about now. They don't see him anymore. They see us, and we should reflect him. But they don't see a Jesus walking around on the earth. But believers, we live life as if Christ is literally standing next to us. Because we know he's real. We feel him move. We hear his voice. He's our shepherd. He leads and guides us through our life. So we treat it a lot differently. But the world doesn't see him. And since he lives, we also live. When I am raised to a life again, you know that I am, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, where did I skip the line here? When I am raised to life again, you know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. 
So we're with Christ, and when Christ is raised to the new life, we get to experience this new life through him. Because life through Christ Jesus is a lot different than the life of the world. We talked about that a little bit last week about how when the storms come and everybody else crumbles, but believers stand strong. Because we have the true life through Christ Jesus. Those who accept my commands and obey them are the ones who love me. So again, Christ is is putting a big emphasis on not only accepting his commandments, but obeying them. Living a life that pleases God. And again, every time I get to this point, I like to stop and just remind everybody. Because as we keep hearing this, obey these, oh, we got to obey these rules. We start, the devil can use that to start making us feel like it's a heavy burden. But Christ said his burden is light and it's easy. Boys, his burden is light and it's easy for us to bear. So when it says that, his burden is light, then it's not going to be hard for us to handle. And Christ made it really easy when he made one golden rule. They said, what commandment is, a, is, is the most important commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. But then he also said that upon this commandment hang all of the law and all of the prophets so Christ was saying that if we love God and we love our neighbor as ourself we're fulfilling the entire law and we're fulfilling all of the prophecies of the laws to come that's what he meant by the prophets so to simplify it all here when God says obey my commandments when Jesus says right here Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. What he's saying there is not if we go through the Old Testament, we read about everything, we don't eat shellfish, and we let the curls on the side of our head grow, and we keep the Sabbath. And That's not what he's saying. What he's saying when he says, if you obey my commandments, if you love God with your whole heart, and you love your neighbor, and you love yourself, then you are fulfilling all of the law. But we've got to keep that in our minds. And that, that is, that's why they call it the golden rule. That's the most successful way to live. If we're living in a way where we're not loving the people around us and we're not loving God, that's when we start falling into sin. True. True. You got to love yourself too. Because if you're going to allow yourself to be destroyed, then you're not really caring about God's creation. God loves you. He wants you to be healthy and strong and happy. I was talking to someone about about last week. We were talking about they were working out. And they said, man, every time I work out, I really feel God. And I said, of course you do. You're worshiping him. And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you're using the strength that God gave you to glorify his temple. It's a form of worship. If you really realize it, God loves you so the healthier you make yourself, it's your way of pleasing God. How about we don't how about we don't lose weight to make ourselves feel better anymore? How about we don't diet to make ourselves feel better? How about we don't work out to make ourselves feel strong? How about from now on we work out to show God that we care about his his temple? 
How about we, we, we put makeup on and we cut our hair and we make ourselves look pretty to show God we care about his temple? What? What, we can't wear makeup? <laughs> but how about we glorify our bodies to make God happy? How about I don't go get a new haircut so that the girl at work notices and thinks I'm pretty? How about I get my haircut so I please God? And I feel like I'm making his temple look nice again. It's, I mean, as a believer, it really shouldn't be about, it shouldn't be about sexual immorality. It shouldn't be about all these things. But that doesn't mean that we should be a slob and not care about ourselves. We should care about ourselves because it's a way of caring for God. And we can do it in a way that's not being haughty or not being prideful or not being arrogant or looking at ourselves like we're better than everybody else. I'm not, but I care about my God. So I'm going to care about his creation and we're a part of that creation. Yeah, it is because we can lose sight of that and the devil can twist that, make us feel like we're doing things for the wrong reasons. But in the end of the day, the devil hates us. So he does not want us to succeed in any way, shape, or form. And his best trick is to convince us that anything that we do to better ourselves is a way of pride or a way of, and it's not. We have to realize that God loves us. He wants us to be successful. And the things that we do that improve our life is a way of making him happy. He doesn't want us living in the slums. He wants Brandon to have a new house more than I do. And I want him to have it a lot. I'm not kidding. I've been praying for it all week. I'm like, God, you gotta, I'm waiting for this praise support. My brother just got a job this week. God wanted him to have that job. I did too. I prayed all week. It was a burden for me, but I don't love him like God loves him. God loves him more than I love him. And he worked it right out because he's a good God. So because they love me, my father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. So God doesn't pick and choose who he's gonna reveal himself to or who he's gonna love. God doesn't care about persons. God loves everybody equally. So anybody who's reaching out towards God, he's waiting to reach back towards them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple which had that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Anybody with the Holy Ghost starts thinking this way. How come I got the Holy Ghost and God doesn't give it to everybody? Why doesn't God just fill the whole world with the Holy Ghost and we could be done with this mess? So here's Jesus' answer. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. There we go again. He's right back to obey. Right back to obey. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give everybody in this room a little hint right here. Here's a secret that, that people, churches don't really talk about a lot, people don't really understand. If you want more Holy Ghost in your life, start obeying God better. It's a harsh statement. I know, I know it's like, ooh, but I'm telling you right now. That's the secret. Christ has spoken three times in this passage. He says, if you guys need this, you need to obey me. If you guys want the Holy Spirit working in your life, you need to obey what I'm telling you today. Because without obedience, the Holy Spirit 
is not going to be as present in our lives as it can be. When we're actually seeking after God, we're obeying his word, we're allowing the Holy Ghost to move freely in our lives. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home in each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. So God's telling us that right there. Everybody who says, hey, I love Jesus, I love Jesus. But you know, when he remember when he said that thing about, you know, I had to bear my cross? Yeah, I'm not really doing that. They don't really love him. Because if they, if they love him, they will obey him. And we've already made a point here. Christ already made a point of pointing out the fact that him and the Holy Ghost are one. He said, I'm going to be in you. Me and the Father are one. I'm going to be in you. Here's the advocate. It's going to be me living inside you. And he says, if you obey me, if you don't, you don't love me. So when we feel that Holy Ghost inside of us speaking to us in our lives, and we will, sometimes he'll grab us right by the neck if we ain't listening. But when we feel that Holy Ghost impressing on us things in our life to do or to not do, whether or not we love Jesus is going to be seen by what we do in that situation. So obeying the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our hearts, is just as important as believing the Word of God written down in the Bible. Paul talks about our consciences and how we should be following our conscience because God's going to deal with us through His Holy Spirit and through our conscience. So these are things that we have to keep into consideration because if we're not obeying the Holy Spirit, we're basically disobeying Christ, and that means we don't really love Him very much. But and remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm not telling you these things now while I am still with you. Wait, I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. So... Here's a big gift of the Holy Spirit that we don't really talk about a lot. The Holy Spirit reminds us of the things that Christ has taught us. The Holy Spirit reminds us of everything Christ said and everything Christ has done by the Holy Spirit living inside of us. You know what that means, guys? That means if we didn't have a Bible and we were filled with the Holy Spirit, God's word would still be in our life. If I got stranded on an island tomorrow, if a plane crashed and I'm left on an island like that movie Castaway, and all I've got is Wilson with me, and I don't have a Bible, I don't have any, any book with me to point towards God, I should still know the word of God. I should still have the word of God at work in my life if I'm full of the Holy Spirit. God's word will always be preserved. God's word's never going to leave. It's always going to be with us. And this is how is because it's living inside of us as the advocate. So he says, I'm leaving you with the gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift 
the world cannot understand. When you're full of the Holy Ghost and you're living a life that's peaceful and makes sense, the world's never going to understand it. You don't, so don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy I'm going to be with my Father, who is greater than I am. Because we have the Holy Ghost, we should not be troubled or afraid. The Holy Ghost is leading us, is guiding us. If It's like the disciples when they were in the boat and it started storming and they went down there freaking out. Jesus is sleeping. <laughs> They're like, you know, we're all going to die. And he's like, dude calm down he walks out and he's like be still and the water's still we've got to remember that jesus is in our boat so even if it's storming and he's sleeping right now we got to remember when he wakes up this storm's over with mm, that's good guys <laughs> how many of you guys have been in a boat and feels like jesus is sleeping <laughs> <laughs> the storm's blowing and he's sleeping and I'm like God please wake up we're gonna die and then it seems like as soon as he wakes up boom the storm's over peace everywhere around us that's that's amazing yeah we have to wake him up sometimes that's how that's why they started praying right think about it if Jesus is there and they're talking to him they're basically praying that's the same thing. He's God. So we do the same thing in our life. When our boat starts rocking, sometimes we got we to wake him up. Hey, Jesus, please, God, I'm dying. <laughs> Save me. The boat's going to flip. <laughs> and then he goes, all right, peace. Be still. And everything's a little bit better. But he never leaves our boat. He may take a nap. He may, he may let us sit there in a situation for a second, but that does not mean he gets out of the boat. He doesn't walk out. And guess what, guys? Even if he did leave our boat, we could walk on the water over to him because they've done that in the Bible. He can call us with him, but he's never going to leave our boat as our body because he's filled us with the Holy Spirit. Thank God. So he says here, I've told you these things before they happen so that when they happen, you will believe. Now, that's something really important, guys. When we meet people who haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, it is our opportunity to tell them things in their life that's going to change when they get the Holy Ghost. Because by doing that, we're going to help them believe. When I tell somebody, guess what? If you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak in new tongues. Your mouth's going to babble something that you don't understand no more. And then all of a sudden, you're going to get peace in your life. You're going to get joy in your life. You're going to have more long-suffering. You're going to be able to handle things better without getting frustrated. When we tell them these things, and then these things happen in their life, it causes them to believe more. So that's why we talk about the Holy Spirit. That's why we tell people about the Holy Ghost, because we want to convince them more. I don't have much more time to talk about this. You guys hear me? I don't have much more time. <laughs> We're going to close soon. We're going to wrap this one up a little bit earlier today. I don't have much more time to talk about this with you. 
because the ruler of this world approaches. Yes, my boss is calling. <laughs> so I'm going to be leaving this place soon and going to work. The ruler of this world is calling. But he has no power over me. But I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. So come, let's be going. This world does not have power over Christ. And Christ's Holy Ghost being in us means this world does not have power over us. We are the rulers over this world. We walk in the authority of Christ. And God gave us dominion over the world. Now, we, man chose to give that over to Satan for a time period. But God gave us the power to reclaim it. And Christians have been doing that for centuries now. We've been taking over territories. We've been kicking the devil out. And we've been reclaiming our earth. The only reason why God doesn't just make everything better right now is because, again, he is still looking for a partnership. So the powers of this world don't rule over us. We have power in the Holy Ghost, but God still wants to partner with us in our life. That's why we're still on this journey. That's why we're still praying for a house, Brandon. It's not because God doesn't want to answer us. It's because he's partnering with us. God's been partnering with you on things. Hey, Brandon, you got to do this. Hey, you got to do this. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to give you favor among men. You take care of these couple of things over here. That's the way it goes. And we can see God working with us in our life, guys. That should give us excitement. He doesn't leave us to do it on our own. And he doesn't do it all for us. But he wants to work with us, in the boat with us, filling us with the Holy Spirit, working with us in our life. So it's a partnership and it's a marriage. It's a beautiful relationship that he honors. Because guess what? If we're not faithful, God's still faithful. That's what the word says. So when we're not living up to our role in the marriage and we're not pulling our end of the bargain, he's still faithful. He's faithful not to himself as well. He's faithful to us. He's faithful in keeping a relationship with us and not just stepping out and doing it on his own. Ah, that's a good one, guys. God's faithfulness is to us by not just solving all of our problems, but continuing to want a relationship where we work together. Saul likes to help me do things, right, Saul? You love to help me do things, right? Do you like it when we're working on something and I take it from you and go, I'm just going to do it for you? When we're working on something together. Like when you're working on your Xbox, you're doing something in the game, and I say, here, give me the paddle and let me do it. Do you enjoy that? Neither should we, guys. Neither should we. We get, we get lazy sometimes. We get worried about stuff. But God wants that partnership. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want us taking the paddle and us doing it on our own. And he doesn't want to take the paddle and do it on his own. He wants us both to have our hands on the paddle and both of us having a play together in a partnership. Love you guys.
Oh, okay. I thought you were leaving. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he wants to continue this partnership with us. So when we pray to God and we say, all right, God, you just fix all my problems. And he doesn't just fix all our problems. I want us to understand why. It's not because he doesn't love you. It's not because of any of this. It's because he does love you that he doesn't fix all your problems. Because he does want to do it together with you. It's kind of like dad builds model cars. He's building model cars with his grandkids. How many, how many have you built with Russell and Devin? Been a minute. We got to get into it again some more. But it wouldn't be very fun. Dad could put, dad could put it all together really easy. When, when Russ leaves, he could, he could just do it real quick while Russ is sleeping. But that wasn't the point of it. The point of it was to do it together. It wasn't about how, and you know what, guess what? When your kid glues it on a little bit crooked, God doesn't get mad because it wasn't about the car coming out good. It was about the time you two spent together building it. And that's exactly what God's trying to show us in our lives, guys. When we have struggles and trials, we should see that as an opportunity to work with the King of Kings, the God of Gods. Hey, Lord, you know what? I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to build this church, but you know what? Me and you are going to work it out together. I'm going to see how you're going to open doors. You're going to see me do things, God, because I want this to happen too, and I love you, and I want you to see what I'm doing for you too. But I get to see you work in the process, and together we get to build this beautiful thing together. That's exactly how God does it in our lives as well. If he just stepped in and fixed all of our problems, then he might as well go back to the beginning before he created us and just make the whole world work on its own and never have anybody to work with but he wanted to work with us. So he sent his Holy Spirit to live inside of us, to help us be in his presence. Like Trav talked about earlier, we needed that Holy Spirit so we could be righteous and work with him. Otherwise, every time he tried to come help us, he would just destroy us. But instead, he wanted a partnership. He wanted a people. That's why we have the assurance that we're going to be with him in heaven one day. Guess what? I'm not going to be in heaven because I wanted to be there really bad. I'm going to be in heaven because he wants me there really bad. He wants all of you guys there really bad. When he created you, he did it for a reason. He knew who you were. He knew what he was getting himself into, and he actually enjoyed it. The little things about us that even other people don't like, God loves us. So, all right, we're going to stop there tonight. Now that we understand why we need the Holy Ghost and how important the Holy Ghost is, tomorrow we're going to go into, or next week, not tomorrow. I'm not going to force you guys to go through this every day. <laughs> Once a week is enough. But next week we're going to go through a little, we're going to stay in the promises of the Holy Spirit. We're going to stay in spiritual gifts for a couple of weeks here. But next week we're going to talk more about the other gifts that come through the Holy Spirit. We're going to see it. We're going to read in Hebrews. We're going to read in Romans, and we're going to see some more gifts that were coming. But the number one gift that today we're going to walk away from here with is that the Holy Ghost is Jesus living in our lives, and it comes through obedience to his word. We need to obey Jesus. We need to listen to him. We need to love him, and we're going to show that through obeying his word. So let's continue to love God with our whole heart. Let's love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Not love your neighbor like you love yourself. 
but love your neighbor and make sure you love yourself too. Because God loves you, so you should love you too. So let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Allow this word to sink into our heart, God. Let your Holy Spirit reveal the truth in your word, God. That we can be a light that shines into the darkness. That we can spread this uplifting message of the good news. Of the advocate, the king of kings, living inside of our lives and having a partnership with us. We worship you, God. We love you. We thank you for all the things you're doing in this Bible study and through everybody who's listening. Will you touch their lives? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And until next time, may God bless you. Amen. Amen.